Football, baby! Yeah, baby! We are live! Hit me with the football, baby, Travis! Football, baby! Yeah! Episode 52, live on a Tuesday. It is May 10th, and what a beautiful May 10th it is, T-Ravis. And it just we've got, got a lot prettier. <laughs> oh, man. We got, we got huge deals being pulled off right before the show. We've got yes, some... I'm I'm pumped about this show. I'm pumped about the show not only because of the immense amount of work that I've put into it, um, but just because it's 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 just oh it's football, you know. Like I I've been football my, at its best. Football at its best, and I'm gonna take a deep breath because I tend to walk. I tend to talk fast, get tripped up on my words, get my Slow my down, my vocal shoelaces all tied together, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, but here we are, episode 52, episode 52, my Lord. And we've got a bunch of fun stuff to talk about, but Travis, one thing that I, I, I want to just ask you about this trade that just went down, this, this deal you just did talk in, us through in it. draft trades are my favorite. Talk to our audience, tell them what magic you just did. I want to hear all about it. I drafted Albert O at the start of the 12th round and he was my tight end number two. It was was a little bit of a reach. Um, Some of my trusted rankings that I like to use have him fairly high as a top 100 to 110 player. So when I first drafted him, I thought he will be tradable. I already have Hawkinson, so there's no need for me to keep both. Um, but in a tight end premium dynasty league, a young guy like that who has some buzz around his name is valuable beyond just a 12th round pick. So what I did is look around the league and see who do I want and who am I willing to give up with Albert O. And I found a trade partner, started a conversation. I said, I would like to get none other than Darnell Mooney on the squad. Everybody knows how high I am on Darnell. He's the moon man. Mr. He is the moon. Mr. Mooney. He was the target, uh, the initial target of the deal. And man. I was told that DeAndre Hopkins and Albert O for Mooney and a 12th round or 13th round pick, maybe 14th round pick, um, was not enough to move Mooney. No, DeAndre Hopkins and Albert O was not enough. Yeah. So his well, response yeah. was, I would like T. Higgins instead of Hopkins in the deal, which of to course, me wouldn't is a higher tier clearly in a dynasty much different than a 30 year old or 31 year old deandre hopkins how old is he 30 29 uh 29 yep um so i said i will entertain that thought which when you hear the name travis kelsey with mooney in the deal there's more than entertainment there the eyebrows they perk up they perked up. I was trying to contain myself, um, sell it a little bit, make it seem like I'm giving up a little bit much with the name of yeah. Hopkins. But in fact, Darnell Mooney and Travis Kelsey 
joined the squad within 10 seconds of hitting the send button, which is always a good feeling. Not no long drawn out wait. But yeah, we are like what two or three weeks into this draft. It feels like, and we're in the 13th <laughs> round. It's ridiculous. Realistically and legitimately, when did we start that draft? This this draft probably, feels probably a week like ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like forever. Um, I I'm I'm interested. Are you looking to move TJ Hawkinson then, or are you are you holding on him? That's like, a good question. I haven't had time to digest this. Um, because but with. With me having Swift and Hawkinson, I might be very open to moving Hawkinson and avoiding the double Lions. Sure. Uh, we'll I see. Mean, we'll, have just, to, we'll, we'll have theoretically, to Theoretically. Theoretically. What, what, <laughs> what would you move him for? What would you... Oh, man. Because you obviously have needs. You've obvi- obviously just given up up some wide... Yeah, it would, have to, it would have to be a running back probably because, wow. one, I oh, love running, back running backs. End, really? I love running backs, and I, I only have... Them. Two starters and Pollard is not enough for me. Right. I, I'm a greedy running yeah. back guy. I can't. I was. I wanted to do an online, an a live trade, Travis, and that just you, you, you throw on the running back out there. It. I can't do it. Running I backs can't. win leagues. Yeah, Eric. And, but <laughs> no one trades them for tight ends. I would have. I would have done maybe a That's Brandon true. Cooks in something. Oh maybe, my goodness, no sir. Maybe just a touch. Maybe a Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, I, ooh, uh, we can look knows? at it. We can, oh, we can definitely look at it. We'll see. All right. But it's going to take more time that we have a lot of important stuff to talk for about. sure. You, yeah, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned some, uh, some things and some stuff and some stuff and things. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just hit it off because the title of the show is all, lo- all roads lead to Baltimore and my, oh my, have I found some interesting little tidbits to share about this offense? Because I, it took me a while to figure out what it all meant. You know, does it, and to kind of not, you know, to start this off, I I don't want to bury the lead. We're going to get into why the Baltimore offense is possibly in a little bit more trouble than um, previously alluded to. Um, But to start off, Let's talk about some road that leads let's to talk about some narratives. Okay, let's talk about some narratives. Let's talk about some things that maybe some people do or don't know. The first overarching principle is that throwing the ball, okay? Just the general concept out there in the fantasy land is that if you throw it a lot, that offense, you know, it should be good for fantasy, right, Travis? Like it's a huge a aspect. It's a, it's a huge right. part of, of football. Right. That's that's what we want. You know, that's that's what we as fantasy managers want. We want team to throw the ball. It just makes sense. The analytics crowd loves it. You love to see guys catching the ball, PPR points, all that other good jazz. But what if I told you, Travis, that just because a team throws the ball a lot, that it doesn't mean that they score a lot or even throw for a lot of yards? I would be shocked. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about that quarterback. I I was a little bit shocked too because when I dug a little bit deeper, okay, I found out that the 10 lowest scoring offenses in the league last year, four of them were in the top half of the league in passing attempts. Okay, so it's not like just all of the bad teams are just pounding the rock, you know. Like th- what this really means is that 20% of the most pass happy teams in the league 
are in the bottom half of the league in scoring. Like that's what that means. And okay, so how does that apply? How does what are we doing with that information? Well, you got to look at the teams. Okay, so the the four teams that I want to bring up: the Panthers, the Jets, the Lions, and the Jaguars. Okay. So what does this mean for fantasy? Well, let's let's start by what those teams have in common coming into the 2022 NFL season. And to me, Travis, the thing they have in common is that all three of those teams have pass-catching running backs. Okay, they have now, and I'm going to include Brees Hall into that metric. All four of them, all four of those teams. Oh, sorry, yeah, all four of those teams have pass-catching If you include ETN as a pass-catching running back. I'm 100% including (laughs) ETN. In that, so these these teams did not score a lot of points, okay, but they did throw a bunch of passes. To me, it, you read a lot of what people think, and then you go and talk to people, and the narrative always seems to creep up as we get closer to the draft is that who do you want in fantasy? You want teams with bad defenses and great offenses, right? You want teams that are like last year. It was, Oh my gosh, you know, we're, we want Patrick Mahomes obviously because he's great, but also because their defense is going to be terrible. They're just going to throw a bunch. And what happened? If you had Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on your team, you were struggling that first half of the year, you know, you definitely were not getting what you drafted. And that Kelsey, be- they weren't killing you, but at the cost, right. they were killing you. Right. And so that's a narrative that I want to break a little bit is that just because a team is throwing a bunch doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be scoring a bunch of points or even getting a bunch of yards. I just listed four teams that were in the top half of passing in the league. So 20, 25% of the, the top you know passing teams in the league in terms of volume and those teams scored the fewest points. Okay. If you so, would have told me that those four were in that group, I would have said no chance to any of the four. When I think yeah. of Panthers, Jets, Lions, and Jags, I do not think of volume passing whatsoever. And, you know, it's probably in part due to the fact that they're trailing most of the time. They are having to play catch up and all this other good stuff. But I think I want to change the narrative from you want offenses that are throwing a lot to you want teams that choose to throw a lot not teams okay. that have to I like throw that. that's easy to follow um because it's um, by design exactly so i want to get more into teams and it'll be in a future show so stay tuned but i want to get more into game script i think next week on our show i want to dive more into game script what it meant for teams to have a neutral game script and then what it meant for teams to have a positive game script and what the scoring for those teams look like what are the passing numbers look like so i think that's a a little teaser for next week um something i can get into as well i like it for sure um with that being said though one of the quote-unquote bad teams last year travis was the broncos Okay. Hold on, hold on. Before we move on from Baltimore, because if all roads are leading to Baltimore, they're passing at a high rate, but they're not getting a lot done in the passing game. That leads to Andrews Bateman. Oh, we'll we'll um, get we'll get to we'll get to Baltimore. Okay, okay, okay. We'll get to Baltimore. This is all I'm just leading... making sure we weren't done with that because there's a no, lot no. to talk about with the Baltimore no, no. Ravens. Travis, what is the name of the show? 
all all roads, bumpy roads. Yeah, all roads lead to Baltimore. We're we're all heading there. Okay, right. but right now we're taking a pit stop in Denver. Okay. Okay. And the Denver Broncos are. I'm calling it right now. They're going to be one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL next season. Um, I went back and looked. Man, It'll be dangerous. You and I, we can both self. We can admit that we are not the biggest Russell Wilson fans in terms of just being a Seahawk. I you. call it hatred. You can call it what you like. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I despise rooting for him. Just I don't know what it is. Hate. You hate the man. Tim okay. Patrick's the wide receiver one there. Okay. Well, what if I told you that this narrative that the Seahawks were bad by any – and I think any placement of blame for the Seahawks being bad on Russell Wilson is, especially last year, is patently unfair because this team did not do him any favors. Okay. One, yes, he was injured. You're going to have to sell this to me because I want to blame everything on Russell Wilson. And I look, I love that. I love that you about Fight you. for Russell right now because. Uh, I'm not gonna the, fight uh, that. Pitchforks are out here. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah okay I'll it's like I'll try to protect Russell, but it's not his fault, right? It it's it's like fault. he loses a hand or something. I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was looking at the Seahawks last year and just like okay, what is Denver getting in this quarterback? You know what what is what is Jerry Judy and what is Cortland Sutton? What can we expect? Well, looking at the Seahawks and why they were so bad. And in my sample of like this, the last 10 years, did you know that they ranked out of 320 teams in the last 10 years, they were 303rd in number of offensive plays run last year? Why? Well, that's because, Travis, their defense was so bad. They, so yeah, you bad. still had Lockett and DK yeah. in the top 12? Both? Well, or 13? Yeah, well, you There's look, an E-word that you're referring to that he just demonstrated. <laughs> Efficiency. Yeah. Efficiency is That's the thing how. because they they did run that few of offensive plays last year, but they were also in the top 28% of teams over the last 10 years in yards per play. So that is – that's nothing to scoff at, okay? They yeah. – historically low volume – but also top almost top quarter of the last 10 years of teams in yards per play. So he's, he's the, accurate, man. It, you yeah, know he, that if you watch the pro bowl and the little games that they play over the course of the weekend, when those, when he's trying to throw the ball through the ceramic or plastic target, Russell's winning that every time. He's so good. He's efficient. Yeah. He's going to hit the, those fives and those fours. Whereas <laughs> somebody, yeah. uh, somebody like Tua might, might not. Oh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to do <laughs> throwing a little shade there. Uh, Jacob, uh, you're absolutely right. Pete Carroll's dream is to run his, he would run eight plays a game. And why is that? Called it a, I don't know, man. I think he's just caught in the eighties, eighties and nineties, just three downs in a cloud of dust. But here's, but here's, I, I don't want to lose track of this though. Here's, here's the kicker though, Travis, uh, the, the 2021 Seahawks and I, I, I'm not being hyperbolic here when I say this. They have the worst defensive plays against in the last 10 years 
by a solid margin. Like it was, it, it was by a good amount. Like meaning what? Meaning their defense, when you say defensive plays against their defense saw like was on the field for the most of their opponents, offensive plays their their defense essentially let the offensive have the most amount of plays in the last 10 years by a solid amount They're So they couldn't get Russ back on the field. That was part. No, of it. they had the seventh worst total time of possession in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like, Jimmy G and Debo were running train on them so bad. Oh, and then conversely, the Broncos were only 116th worst in, in that same category uh, in terms of defensive plays against, which means that their defense actually makes the, their offense get off the field, which means that Russell Wilson is going to have the ball in his hands more, which means that they are going to score more points, which means the Broncos are going to be a much better team than the Seahawks were. And this makes me very excited for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Do the Broncos make the playoffs? I think they do. I think the Broncos do make the playoffs. Are the ask Chiefs me out? Who doesn't. Ask, yeah, ask me who. Yeah, the Chiefs are out. Ooh. How many times did the Chiefs have to show people we're not out? People um, were freaking I, out this year saying, oh, my gosh, they have no defense. They're not going to. They won like 11 in a row or something. And we're like, oh, we're fine. Yeah, they're good. But they're right now. You know who wants the Chiefs out? I can tell you one guy who really wants the Chiefs out. Who wants the Chiefs out? Josh Allen, yeah, you don't say. Would love for Russell Wilson's Broncos to beat out Patrick Mahomes and get in the playoffs. But I, there's no way to me that Mahomes and Kelsey are not in the playoffs. No chance. Yeah, Jacob, it is a spicy take. I, I fully admit that the Chiefs missing the playoffs, it's spicy. There's, there's like a, there's a, a morsel of despise towards Kansas City in your body. A little bit, you know. I will say, is this like, from me from me having Patrick Mahomes for the last three or four years in the home league that you just can't like the Chiefs? Maybe, maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> that, uh, is that why I don't like Kyler Murray? I don't. You know what? I think Patrick Mahomes is just a more likable guy than Kyler Murray. I will say that. I know, but 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 Kyler to me, like when I see him, I think, oh, I need to beat him because you have him in that league and you have for years. And sure. so it's like a, it's a correlation of like, I want Kyler to lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like look, you want Mahomes to lose. I like the way that, that Kyler runs around, you know, it just, it's fun to watch his style of football is intriguing to me. I, it's just something, it's like a small, like out of control toddler running around and then like just waving <laughs> the ball all around and he lets the ball go. It's like, wow, that worked out. I will say it's, it's so frustrating at times. Kyler rides. He like rides that line between really good passer and really good rusher. I yeah, don't like, he's not, he's not the best running quarterback in the league. He's not the best passing court. He's far from the best passing quarterback in the league. He's got a lot to prove, but man, one of the debates you and I have a lot um, about those two aspects of the game, you know, being, you know, what really is the benefit of having, would, do you really want the the guy that that runs, or do you want the guy that just high volume passing? You know, like that's that's always, especially in fantasy. You know, you you talk about one of the the legs up you can get on your league is if you get that quarterback strategy right. You know, yeah. like, and that's we, why when when we do these super flex drafts, 
Yeah. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. Um, not necessarily Burrow, but Herbert gives you some on the ground too. But that's why those four or five guys yeah. are so in a tier of their own. Um, but the the hard decision, and I, I kind of differ from you. I think you you err on the side of I'll take the rusher, I'll take the Jalen Hurts legs sure. um over a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins arm. Mm. But that decision comes in drafts when you get to Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers versus Trey Lance. Um, I guess Lamar is over them because he's a good enough passer. Lamar's rushing is, is just unique as well. Yeah. But it's Konami code. Is it real or is it fake to you? I think it's real. Um, I mean, that's, I think, I think it's real. Uh, let me, you know what? Let me, let me, Pull something up here because I think this is something I want to I want to share. So let's let's okay. go ahead and share this real quick, uh, Travis. So let me pull this up, and I'll share my screen. This is definitely new, and something I was unprepared for. But we're just gonna roll with it. Throw it up um, there. Yeah, let me. Oh, uh, we got the closet. We got the closet in the shot. Some may think it's a studio. It's definitely my closet. I don't know if we can see that. I don't know if we do. We see that all right. I thought. How's that look? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can see that. At least okay. if you're on a computer. I don't know about on on a phone. Sure, but so we pull up some of these numbers, okay? And we got the number of fantasy points scored. We've got the amount of rushing attempts here, and you. So I want to I want to pull up a couple of things because this is. This is something that is pretty interesting to me. So we talk about the Konami code versus maybe someone who is a high volume passing. So what I've got here is I've got the aggregated data of all of the quarterbacks for the last 20 years. So 2000 to 2021. Um, and I want to go over. So let's check to see who has the most passes attempted in the last 20 years. And look at there. It's Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Okay. And then, so let's take a look. Ironically, all top three were in 2021. Wow. But, last year was insane. This is of the last 20 years. Yeah. Last 20 years. And it's, it's crazy. Cow. You know what, Travis? We, we went back and looked and it, it's something that we don't have to spend a lot of time on, but the number of offensive plays run last year in the NFL was a huge bump huge bump um from the year prior that doesn't mean the scoring went up but it went up something crazy like 1500 plays or 1100 plays or something like that more than 2020 which is just absurd um that's that's something i definitely want to uh, dig into further in the future but what we've got here um what the point i'm trying to make is is that justin herbert through 672 times and that was good for 380 fantasy points okay so it's not necessarily like you need him to you know you see guys like josh allen well he he runs a bit so you look down here maybe guys don't get to 670 but guys like andrew luck back in 2014 uh you know he threw 616 times 350 points whereas we go to fantasy points and that same area, 
that we would need. So let's say, so Patrick Mahomes, yeah. So he that was a crazy year in 2018. That was like his outlier season. 417 yep. points. Um, 50 touchdowns. 50 touchdowns. That's an outlier. That happens. But let's go to a non-outlier season. Let's go to a season like, um, well, let's see. Looking around, Kyler Murray. Not an outlier season. This is 2020. Um, so he threw, a, he had the same amount of points as Justin Herbert last year. Um, he ran 70 more times and threw 114 less passes but still have the same amount of points. So what does that tell you is that it means he needs less plays to score the same amount of points. That's why okay. I like it is that you need less plays to get the same amount of points. And that is what the Konami code is for me. I like it. Yeah. I, I don't know why I, I tend to err on the guy that, and it may just be a security thing. If I, if I think that, there's a safe bet he's throwing for 275 to 300 and two to three oh, scores. Sure. I'll take yeah. that going into a Sunday as opposed to, oh, I need 80 on the ground, chance at a rushing touchdown, and 175, 200 through the air and a passing touchdown. Like, sure. I just, and it may just be personal experience um, or being burned by a rushing quarterback when they miss a throw and they, now you've missed the throw and you could have run, but you didn't. So right. At least, you know, with the thrower, like they're looking to throw a touchdown. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, but the numbers, like you said, the numbers show that those rushing quarterbacks are just as good as the, even the best passing quarterback. So yeah, I think it brings, it definitely brings a lot more quarterbacks into the discussion that you yeah. can get. In one quarterback leagues, there, there's just so many ways oh. to get it done. You don't need to in, do it. You don't need in to draft one quarterback leagues. There's, near no, the early. there's no reason not to have a rushing quarterback in a one quarterback. I got league. hurts. I think I, I got hurts in the eighth round last year, yeah. it, which there's, is just a steal. And and he had a terrible passing year. Yet, yeah. you win the title because he can get you to the playoffs as a top five QB with just the legs. Right. So yeah, it no is real. That's definitely have... real. Absolutely. Um, so you you talk about the rushing quarterbacks. We actually just saw a pretty pretty crazy season. Um well, you know what? It's it's kind of unfair just to say one because you know what? The offense that is around Lamar Jackson is so it's unique. We haven't yep. seen anything like it comfortably to say that. Um and Dive, let's let's take a little bit closer of a look at what Baltimore did because that's kind of the the you know it's the title of the show it's what we're going to talk about it I think they're probably the most interesting team you know in the AFC in in my opinion just because so much changed and it feels like to me not enough has been said about it because you have the greatness of Lamar Jackson you know and uh, granted the NFL off season has been, it feels like it's been long and it's only been a short amount of time so far. We're not even into the heart of, you know, the, the summer and we're all, already so much has happened. We've completely forgotten about last year already. So let's revisit what Baltimore did and what makes it so, so out of the ordinary. Okay. So Baltimore last season, Travis, 
they just threw 611 passes. Okay. Now that may not seem like a lot, um, but that's in the last 10 years, that's good for, that's good for the, the 21st percentile. So like, yeah, it felt, it felt like a lot for them. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. Especially for them. Like that does not yeah. seem like a high volume team. Um, you know, obviously Hollywood being, being traded away, you're thinking, okay, this, this team's going to struggle. I am so, in that camp. You think that they're going to struggle? I am horrendously scared for Baltimore fantasy assets next year. Yeah. I think the departure of Hollywood Brown is terrible for everybody else, which you would think, oh, it, it's Bateman season. Hollywood's not getting his 150 targets or 160, some crazy number he had last year. There will be more targets for Bateman, but, and he obviously his points will go up some just yeah. from being healthy and being on the field. But man, the, the knock on Baltimore's passing game for Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson has been the weapons for a while now of which receivers he's throwing to. It was just Hollywood and in a splash of Sammy Watkins and Duvernay. You look at that depth chart now, aside from Bateman in his second year, it's Duvernay, Prochet, yeah. Island Wallace. It's ugly. Yeah. Unless it, they were to go get a guy like um, Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry would completely change the Baltimore offense to me. I don't think you can, I don't think you would completely change it. Uh, There's, I mean, it's somebody always open. You're those third and fives that they're doubling Mark Andrews, where Bateman has to win over and over again. Landry would eat that alive, but just as they are, are you not terrified of this offense right now outside of Lamar's legs? I have questions because Baltimore's always relied on efficiency rather than, I guess, these huge stars. You know, I I mean, what they did last year, they had a lot of volume and they weren't efficient. You know, they... They th- we just talked about how many passes they threw and of that of all the teams that have thrown at least that many passes you know there were 68 of those teams they they were 52nd um in yards you know and they were only middle of the pack in completion percentage so like the the numbers tell me is just that they're they shouldn't be a primarily passing team you know right. they they put up the you know the 27th most you know yards in NFL history but they had last year they had to run the second most plays by an NFL team in the last 10 years to do it. So would you be shocked if they threw 100 fewer passes uh, 100 fewer passes next year? I w- no, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked I by wouldn't that at either. all. Um, I think there's I a, a a big time step down coming. I in and it's not cuz Lamar can't throw, it's just we don't have the weapons and now we do have the weapons and they're in the backfield. So let's use them. Yeah. I mean that's that's fair. I don't know if a hundred passes necessarily is going to happen. I, it wouldn't shock me, um, because like five, like five fifteen, five twenty five, sure, like back to a, more of a league average. I think is, is yeah. I think realistic. that's probably. I mean that that is probably likely to happen. They're look, they're, they're going to regress in terms of their their passing volume, just by means of their their weapons and who they're getting back and what they can lean on. Um, like their defense, I, I think is going to play a bigger key. They, 
their defense was very efficient last year. Uh, oddly enough, um, their, their defense wasn't on the field a bunch. Um, so that means that their offense was on the field way more than it has been in the past. Um, but to speaking to kind of the little point that we had alluded to before this uptick in volume, you know, this, this volume that we've seen from the Ravens, the Ravens were the top of the league, essentially in, in plays run. Um, they were, they were second, I believe I'd have to double check. They were second, I believe only to Tampa. Um, but they, they ran so many plays, um, and looking at history and what the, the regression typically is, there usually is a fall off, you know, especially with, so like teams that ran right around the same amount of plays that, that Baltimore ran, um, they, they do regress. They come down all of them, all like, I'm look I just, the top four teams, that I, I came up with that were top level, you know, play producing teams. They all came back down. Some of them right around 80 to, you know, anywhere from 50 to 80 plays a game. Um, so it is not, possible. not a game, not a game or not, not a game, uh, a season. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, 80 plays a season. And it just, it, it makes you wonder, okay, if the volume isn't going to be there, efficiency, which, is something that they are good at has to be there. So it's not a smash that this offense is just going to, you know, get healthier and be better. We have to see it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not to answer your question though. I'm not freaking out about Baltimore, but the questions are are definitely warranted. I I definitely think that this is a team that has some things to prove and Jacob, good point that Greg Roman is no longer there. Greg Roman is one of the most creative offensive coordinators to ever come in the NFL. A lot of people don't know that he actually uh, came up with the Colin Kaepernick offense. Then he, he comes and, and he was, uh, I believe he was also with, he might've been with Washington as well, but I know, like you said, he was with the Ravens and he came up with this offense when they told him, Hey, we're going to go with Lamar. He built that offense around him. So yeah. Uh, Questions for Baltimore, absolutely. But Travis, which, all- which Ravens are you paying for at their current price? I mean, are you paying a second for Mark Andrews right now? I, if you're talking about, yeah, yeah, I would pay that for Mark Andrews. Really, I would, I would because the volume you're taking Mark Andrews over Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift. I, at at that, price, that's where they're. That's where he's going. Yeah, I would do that probably. Yeah, I mean, that's wow. Because you're talking about positional advantage. I mean, he's going to only in a tight end premium. No, no, wow. uh, PPR half PPR dynasty and redraft. Oh, I mean, no, not not dynasty is different. I'm not taking I'm not taking Andrews over a prime running back in dynasty. Um, but you're talking so redraft redraft Kelsey go like seventh overall ADP last year. I'm not taking Mark Andrews in the first round, but if I can get him at the end of the second round, sure. Uh, because Mark Andrews is going to get, you know, a hundred, 120 to 140 targets again, you know, like that's, that's going to happen a lot. Yep. You know, he's the focal point of that offense and barring injury, he's going to be a top three, top two tight end. 
And that's yeah, a that, good point. When when I say I'm I'm nervous about Baltimore and you saying you're not yet, um, because there are so few weapons, bait it almost feels like Bateman and Andrews have to get theirs, regardless well, of game script. They have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um I just to have I, to be efficient is what scares me. And it, it that doesn't scare me about around the Broncos because they have so many weapons and there's other ways to do it with Baltimore. You kind of know what you're getting. And if you don't execute it, it can be ugly and it can be a really bad week. Sure. I mean, they do what they do very well. They have, you know, even JK Dobbins coming back. He was one of, I think he might've been the most efficient running back his rookie year. um, And just absolutely killed it. So they do know how to draft for who they are. And you know what? They are going to be a pound the rock play defense kind of team. So they win games. They they're do. going to continue it, to win games. They, they, I don't, they know yeah. how to win. They don't, they just, yeah. it's not a I don't high volume attack. They're not going to change who they are. I, uh, I like all Baltimore. they have to do is get to the 50 yard line too. Let's, let's talk about a, a Baltimore. That's kind of further West though. Let me, let's talk okay. about one in the state of, of, uh, of Philadelphia, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Right. Um, but the the city of Philadelphia, brotherly love. We just talked about all the great things, all the scary things that happen with Baltimore. Let me ask you this though: Is Baltimore what they did last year? Hope? Does it give hope for what Jalen Hurts can be, what he can do in this offense? Does it give you? Are there any parallels? Are they, are they completely different? What do you think about those two offenses? Because I have my thoughts on Jalen Hurts, but people see running quarterback and think, okay, they're similar. Tell me what you think when you I believe Jalen in Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts. I watched a lot of Jalen Hurts last year. Add A.J. Brown, add a third season, really a full second season for Jalen Hurts. I think the potential for him to grow as a real NFL quarterback, not just a fantasy rushing quarterback, is definitely there. Sure. The difference to me and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens versus Hertz and the Eagles is only one of them has Harbaugh. And with that comes enormous belief and freedom in your quarterback. I feel like there are training wheels on Jalen Hurts. And if the Eagles coaching staff does not remove them, if they try to be a clear run first team, almost like hiding the fact that Hertz is not incredibly accurate, then mm. I think it hurts them as a team because he has it in him to do that. And he has the weapons that can make up for a lot of inaccurate balls. Sure. Um, I, who, who do you know, think as a team who scores more fantasy points? If you combine all the Ravens players and all the Eagles players, which team scores more fantasy points? Oh, that's tough, man. That's really tough because, uh, man, that's, I go Eagles. I think Hertz is close enough to Lamar with the legs. I don't think he is. And Goddard, Goddard is close enough with it. Jalen doesn't run as much as Lamar. Like that's true. But I, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith is a lot different than just Bateman and Duvernay. I feel like that's a massive difference. Like, but then Lamar, you get you get 
J.K. Dobbins out of the backfield. That's a lot different than Boston like, Scott. Jalen just like he has so there's so much of a gap there in terms of pa- even passing skill between those two. Like I, I really do believe that that even like volume. Sure, it was different, but Lamar increased volume and oh man, he's still like he missed what he played three games less than Jalen Hurts and only threw fifty less passes. Like he had a higher completion percentage. He threw. That's what I'm saying. It's the coaching staff in Philadelphia is killing Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts no, is freaking no, nice. No, I don't. I don't think nice. so. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think Jalen Hurts is just not good at throwing the football. Like I, 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 I don't think quick. I think so. I think Jalen Hurts is didn't, somewhere. Didn't Lamar struggle big time coming out? Well, yeah, but then like we, they knew that and designed an offense around him and gave him three years. Okay. So uh, they could do that. Give Jalen yeah, Hurts three years. Won't. Add AJ Brown. That that's what I'm saying. There, it's it's like saying, oh man, that one time a team was patient. So let me let me let me take a step back and give you the my thought process on this because the Baltimore Ravens organization is a very well run organization. They yes. drafted a quarterback with the idea we are going to wait, we are going to build around him, and we are going to create an offense for him. And that's what they did over three years. He they they created an offense that was beautiful for him. The Eagles are not doing that for a second round pick that they told you have to produce this year in what we want to do or you are out. Like Jalen Hurts is not being afforded the same opportunity that Lamar, even though they're I, I view Jalen Hurts as being a similar player. He's in between Lamar Jackson and, and Cam Newton. Like he's right there. You That's know, pretty I think, darn good. I think well that prime Super Bowl Cam Newton. You've got to take the good with the bad. I think he could have the, the type of MVP type season that Cam Newton had. I also think that he could be trash bin quarterback that, okay, you've lost four in a row because you can't complete more than 58% of your passes. And now if you don't run for 80 yards and two touchdowns, you're losing. You know, what you're so telling me is you don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I, I have more questions than I have confidence is, is a good way to put it. Would so, Gardner Minshew win more games than Jalen Hurts next year? No, absolutely not. Okay, okay. Like, they they don't have. I like a, Gardner's they, good. I like Gardner. I like Gardner. I love the stash. I lo- I miss the mullet. I I think they need more of that. But it, look, if Jalen Hurts can grow a mullet, I have full confidence. Um, <laughs> Dad, but, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but Jalen Hurts, man, I just I want him to be good, but he terrifies me because. Look, if if the coaching staff were to come out today and say, Jalen Hurts is our future quarterback, we are extending him for three years, all in. I don't care if he sucks this year. Of course I'm all in. But there is a... That's what I'm saying. Harbaugh is is saying, Lamar is our dude. Right. We will go with the ups and downs of Lamar, and we will ride that train. Right. If the Eagles would just do that, I feel like Hurts has that in him. I, I also believe that like and, and inherently it's just what I believe as how the NFL moves along through players so quickly that they don't develop anymore. They don't, they're not given the time. Like there's so much urgency to win now. Like yeah. we can't wait two or three years for you to develop. You have to win now, I, which is why I think, especially in that division, look, it's not impossible for Jalen hurts to lead that team to the playoffs. And if I, I, I think if he does, I think he's their quarterback going forward. Um, it's 
I Jacob's love got a good question for you. As yeah, I see it, and I'll, and I'll get to it. Here in a second. Uh, <laughs> don't avoid it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to avoid it. Um, Jalen Hurts. I love these high variance situations because that's where the immense value comes in. Right now, you can get Jalen Hurts pretty cheap because if the owner believes that, or if the manager believes that they're they're going to get rid of Jalen Hurts, you can get him cheap if you believe that he is that guy. And then yeah. if he is that guy and they extend him, you have a top 10 dynasty asset on your team. And that's, that's full bore going forward. I hope it happens. It's tough because we haven't seen it. I think more passing volume is going to be what is prescribed for this offense. And what would I you just, give I, up for him? Oh gosh. I give up Tua for him. I would give up Tua in a second. I'd give Tua and another okay. piece for Jalen Hurts because the upside is there with Jalen Hurts. They're they're the same floor. They're gone if they both are terrible. But Jalen Hurts, if if they both hit, Tua can never get to where Jalen Hurts is. Whereas Jalen Hurts, right, right, yeah, right. So I I would trade Tua for 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 Jalen Hurts. I I'd give a little bit plus Tua to get Jalen Hurts. Do they have uh, the same leash? Um. Mm, good question. I don't know. They could have very similar records. They could have. They're in uh, the one same of decision in much at the division. end of the towards the I end think, of the year. They could be making the same decision. Do we tank and go for the next quarterback? I may go with with. Oh man, I honestly think I'm probably going to go Jalen Hurts over Tua just because I think the Eagles as as win le- uh, leash leash. Yeah, because I think the Eagles yeah. win that division. I think. Yeah, Dallas. I think. Uh, I'm sorry. God, God bless you. Um, <laughs> CD Lamb. Hold on. I want to answer Jacob's question. Jalen Hurts okay. or Justin Fields. Um, redraft, I'm going Jalen Hurts. Fields in Dynasty. Um, I agree. Philly's who's a better a- Who's a better quarterback? Mm, better quarterback, Justin Fields. Um, yeah, I agree. So... Yeah, so Jacob, two two things for your point in in Phillies investing more in Hurts. It kind of because they have to. Um, they're getting towards the end of his rookie contract, and they need to know this year. This is his third year. Um, they need to know if next year they're getting rid of him. So Phillies investing now because what that means for them if they go rookie or if they go someone else. They can trade him, save some money, get a quarterback coming in, and then they're ready to go. Whereas the Bears are not there. Philly's defense is good. Philly Philly drafts well. Chicago was in cap hell and had to get rid of its old players that were not going to be contributing to any of their future endeavors. We're going to suck for, for a year. Um, and then uh, we'll use the immense you know, cap room that we have next year, and we'll we'll kind of revamp this, this rebuild. Um, so... It's just they're investing more now because they have to. I don't think I don't think there's a two different stages in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it, all right. Let's look at let's look at some hidden gems here. Uncut yeah, gems. I'm I'm, yeah. So <laughs> I was Zach Lafty's muse. Uh, Uncut gems. Um, yeah, let's I'll start it off here. I'm not going to end it with a tight end. I'm going to start it with a tight end tonight. Shake it up a little bit. Okay, I I have questions for your uh, your hidden gems, so hit me with them. Okay. Um, speaking of Cowboys, I think Dalton Schultz 
is a hidden gem right now. He's going pretty darn late, and I think hmm. he's going like tight end eight or nine. Is that late? It feels late to me because I've got I... him. Dalton Schultz is going to have more fantasy points than Pat Fryermuth. Oh, yeah. For sure. I would take yeah. him over Dallas Goddard. He's going after Goddard for sure. I I feel like you th- – I don't know if – I think – do you think people not don't know who Dalton Schultz is? Is that what you think? They know who Dalton Schultz is, but they're not drafting him where they're drafting uh, Dallas Goddard or Hawkinson. I think he's right behind them. I think he's a, he's going over Hawkinson in some drafts that I've been in. When I – he has been? Yeah. Let me see where yeah. this guy just went. Dalton Schultz. I mean, great. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he did go before Hawk. Yeah, he, he's he's not he's not slept on. He's he's okay. The second. Maybe he's not so hidden. Yeah, he's a he's the number two option on that uh on that team, and I think he's very safe. Goddard did go before for sure. You know, and I'm, um, the hidden gem to go off of the tight end though is Cole Komet for me personally. I uh, like that. No one like he's had he had the quietest a hundred like nearly hundred target tight end season in recent memory. Um, and he is now probably the second option on that team. Like we need to be higher on Cole Komet and I want him so badly. I don't have him in, in nearly any places and it makes me very sad. I don't either. It's just, I've just been on the wrong side of the draft, but every time I get close to him, I hope he falls and he doesn't. Yeah. Um, I think what I mean, the reason why I have Schultz here even though he's more well-known than I initially thought, just looking at the ADPs. Yeah. He's one of the guys that, and we, we do this come draft season in August. Um, wait on Dalton Schultz as opposed to reaching for a Kittle to me. Because yeah. what, because the security, what's going on in San Francisco right now is, is ugly. We don't necessarily know what Trey Lance is going to be. And we know exactly what you're getting in Schultz from Dak. I think if, I think you should wait because you're going to pay what for, for, uh, George Kittle, you're going to pay a third, fourth round pick. Yep. Yep. You're passing on Joe Mixon, T Higgins level type player for Kittle Whereas I would rather take that position player and then get Schultz in the seventh as opposed to a uh, Sky Moore, Elijah Mitchell type. I, I think mean, that Schultz and Mixon is going to be a higher, a higher combo. Yeah, no, we'll he'll see. be. We'll, we'll do the two for two game there. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll do that uh, later in redraft season. It'll be fun. Next draft, I mean, that's always that. That's one of my favorite favorites to do. Um, Who's your next hidden gem here? Because is it's Kirk feel, Cousins. Oh come on! Why is he a hidden? Explain this to me. Why is why 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 is Kirk Cousins a hidden? Kirk gem? Cousins is a perennial. Who does he play we're not for? Talk, we're not talking deep, 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 deep sleepers in this segment. My understanding was guys that are values right now that people are not talking about. They're just kind of flying just under the surface. 
Yeah, right below the surface of relevancy. Kirk Cousins is still very relevant. He was wasn't he a quarterback one last year? But again, you should wait on a Kirk Cousins as opposed to reaching for a different quarterback. Those different quarterbacks being Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, and right. then these two are going to be a little controversial. I have Kirk Cousins in, in next year over Dak and Aaron Rodgers. So hmm. I think you can wait on him. You've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, the same exact offense coming back. There's yeah, no people... reason why when Amari leaves, you would say Dak over Kirk Cousins. There's no way for me. Aaron Rodgers loses 29 touchdowns over the last two years from Devontae Adams. So you think so you think Justin Jefferson over CD Lamb then? Yeah, I think realistically you you pretty much have to rank him there, but I think yeah. I just wanted to hear you say it. That's it all. would not shock me at all if CD Lamb was the the number 1 just out of necessity of volume. I think we could see a very Cooper Cup like forced volume season from CD Lamb. Dak had one Dak had one point per game less than Kirk last year. I mean with that's, Amari and yeah. a hurt Adam Thielen. So, I just don't know that he's going to force feed the ball. I think it's it's hard to find that connect. Do they even have breakfast together? You know, like <laughs> I like, I think everybody's gonna start doing that. Yeah, the yeah, it'll be just the, the big old breakfast buddies. And, and here's my wrap up for Kirk Cousins. Um, over Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has not thrown for f over 4,500 yards mm -hmm. in 11 years. And the last three seasons alone, we've seen it happen 15 times. He's not in that group of high, high yardage guys. It's touchdowns for Rodgers. Yeah. He's incredible at finishing drives, incredibly efficient. Like and he doesn't throw in talking about on show. No, he doesn't. But 29 touchdowns from one guy. They are they're going to feel that in a monster way. Well, um, yeah, they have Alan when you get Lazard, to the red zone. You know, when you get like to the that, red zone, this is a different Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to be grounding and pounding as much as they possibly can. I I'm all in on AJ Dillon this year. Like yeah, all in on Aaron Jones is going to be absolutely peppered with targets, and their and, defense got a lot stronger. Yeah, uh, I mean they they drafted two guys in the first round. Um, and they signed all their key free agents, so it's it's it just wouldn't shock me to see a lot of twenty one to seventeen type games for Green Bay. And I think no, that it, yeah. they're gonna it'll try be, to just control the game. It'll be low scoring. Um yeah. I but that's that's what you want, especially with an aging quarterback. So we'll see. I, I can't wait for the Green Bay Packers to fall apart. You know, I'm very would you take Rodgers over Kirk? Mm, no. No, I, I hate saying that because it's like Aaron I Rogers, know Aaron that's Rogers what I'm saying. So much better than Kirk Cousins, but just the weapon. That's why he's a hidden gem because he's going to be drafted well after Aaron Rodgers, but he shouldn't be. Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, Kirk Cousins. I don't know. It's like I have no idea. I, I have no idea what to compare him to. It's like Aaron Rodgers is that store that you or that restaurant you keep going back to that used to have great food 15 years ago. It's like, oh my <laughs> God, this place's steak is so good. And instead, you won't go across the street to Kirk's. Kirk's has great food. Okay. We love Kirk's, you know, but I like we, we go to Rogers all the time. We've been going there for 15 years. <laughs> 
because he so, owns you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do you gotta say that, man? Why do you gotta say that? That's that's just rude. That's just All right. Rude. Do you have a Do you have a hidden gem of the night? Yeah, to wrap up. You know, I do. I do. I do have you. one to to bring up just to wrap it up. Um, because I feel like he's kind of in a weird spot right now. Because I feel I feel like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is of value right now. Like, I think Ooh. we're. I think I think that's right where now we're at. being where being where. I mean, he's being drafted like in the what, like eleventh round of startup drafts. Like, yeah, he just I, went. He just went mid tenth. Yeah, uh, would you take like, Clyde? Would you take him over Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt? I mean, I don't. I don't see him as being so much worse than those guys. Like, yeah, uh, I I wouldn't have a problem because who else have they they brought in Ronald Jones who doesn't catch passes. They're going to yeah. have. They're going. That offense is going to look different. They're going to throw the ball. Clyde Edwards is not your prototypical pass catching back, but he's probably the best one that they have on that roster right now. I they, agree. Like people think that. Oh man, He'll catch he, forty. He, at least I think yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it's not gonna. It's like, I don't know. It's like Ronald a couple of years ago. You know, it's like that's all they have. You know, like that's. CEH is just there. He's going to be the guy and you know what? Make it work. You know, just, I think he's a value right now. I think he's falling to a place where he is actually a value, which is so weird to say, given the entire (laughs) narrative that in the the way his whole season has off season has kind of spun. It's always, he's being replaced. He's being replaced. He's being replaced. Um, Clyde or Ronald Jones. Clyde, I look. Ooh. I, Jacob, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't agree. He's the James Connor. James Connor can catch passes. Uh, like Ronald Jones is not a pass catcher, and he does not pass block well. So, like James Connor, pass blocks well. James Connor is is a. He's not super athletic, but he's versatile. Ronald Jones is Daryl Williams light. You know. So okay, I I think I think they're going to ride with Clyde again, and I think Clyde's going to be more relevant than I think people are thinking. Um, I I just I I yeah, think I, I'm siding with the Ronald side here just a little bit, obviously as the father of Ronald Jones, but <laughs> I I think this is a situation where one of them is going to need to get banged up for the other one to be really, really good. Well, sure. And it doesn't matter which one that is, but if, and when one of them gets banged up, um, it's full go for the other guy in PPR. I think CEH has a legit opportunity to be a running back too. I think he's going to sneak into that back end of the running back too, because He'll catch those checkdowns. I think that's something that Patrick and the Chiefs are going to work on, just getting him into those areas of the field where they can get five, six yards. And I think maybe he sees three or four of those a game. And I think I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna get to with him. And it'll it'll be just annoying enough to where Clyde (laughs) is someone that you can start like a Michael Carter last year, where it's like this guy can be a running back too. He's not someone that's going to be the star on your team, but as a flex, 
he make he's feel he makes me feel comfortable as a flex. Okay. I don't know if I'm there yet. I'm still in the Rojo corner, maybe until I die, but probably I'm not I'm not the one to have that that debate with about Ronald Jones versus anybody, yeah, including Jonathan Taylor. Goodness. I just want to uh, say that I called Ronald Jones to the Chiefs weeks and weeks before he signed there. So yes, you did. Maybe months. Yeah, it might have been months, but I just said that that's going to be an annoyingly good fit. And lo and behold, there there it is. is. Episode fifty-two. That feels like an episode, man. We did it. Who's number fifty-two? Is Patrick Willis number fifty-two? He might have been. Um, I think there was. I think 53 is actually Navarro Bowman, too. So I think we've actually got a good one coming up. A couple of 49ers there. Back-to-back prime Niners linebackers. Gone too soon, man. Gone too soon. (laughs) They were nasty. Yeah, for sure. They were one of those defenses that when your running back was going against them, you were like, no. He's going single digits. I don't care who the running back is. You're going single digits. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say Ray Lewis of 52, too. That's a good one. Well, yeah, that was a good one, man. That, <laughs> it was right yeah, there. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we talked enough Baltimore, all right? Dang it. Yeah. Well, that'll wrap it up for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week uh, with another exciting episode of Losing Sucks. Yes, sir. Uh, same advice as always. Losing sucks. Don't do it.